When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Oh, good morning, Monica. Good morning. <laughs> We've just seen a sight. A sight for <laughs> eyes. I'm not going to say sore eyes. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like mad about it i'm but disturbed by it and confused by it are you disturbed by the way it looks or the fact that you could see it i'm perturbed and disturbed <laughs> and perturbed by the fact that i can even see it okay okay and just the way that it looks i think it looks nice but that's just me i I'm- don't know anything anymore <laughs> i thought it was a sims character <laughs> You know, it can be its own. It should get its own movie credit. Like It, should it really get, should. It was front and center. Executive produced by Willem Dafoe's penis. Yeah, okay. So in case you didn't know, <laughs> we're talking about Willem Dafoe's... Um, large member. Yeah, rather large dick. <laughs> uh, because it's front and center in the movie Antichrist. Yes, thanks was, Lars von Trier. Thank um, you, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Now I can't fucking sleep. Yeah. So we were sitting here about to record and Aaron just goes, he was like, have you seen that thing about uh, how, uh, what did you say, Aaron? Like Willem Dafoe is like an yeah. alarmingly large yeah. penis or whatever. And you can see it in this movie. And, and we it's were really, like, and it's really what? like, and nothing was positive about it. It was like, it's really alarming. Like it's, it's very arresting. It's, it's shocking. When you Google it, that's the first headline. Is that like Lars von Trier is confused by Willem Dafoe's alarmingly large penis? It's like it's like arre- it's like not good. It's 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 like alarming. <laughs> I, I guess it's alarming because you wouldn't. Would you expect him to have a big penis? I kind of would, honestly. I don't think about Willem Dafoe and his penis. I, I think, think about, about literally every what every celebrity looks like naked. I think about Willem Am Dafoe I unique in this position and. <laughs> I think about Willem Dafoe and his alarmingly protruding like scapulas, <laughs> like like his backbones. Yeah, he like, is very bony because he's very bony. Yeah, <laughs> and his back you can see his backbones. You can see his backbones through like his shirt. Yeah, all the time. Which no 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 shade no shade. I'm just saying like <laughs> it's a trait of his that I think about often. Right, right. Well, now I'm gonna think about his uh his other trait. Scapula watch. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you can, you can Google that and it's, uh, I would not Google it. There's a lot going on. I would argue that there's too much going on. I, you know, I do think there is such thing as too much. Yeah. I would not say that that's too much. Oh, (laughs) you probably like, like, I think Willem Dafoe's wife is a lucky woman. That's all I'm saying. I know I'm saying is you're probably the person that likes like a lot of maple syrup on their pancakes. And I don't like maple syrup or pancakes. I don't like, I don't like almost any maple syrup on my pancakes. It's too much. You have got me all wrong, Monica. You've got me all fucked up (laughs) on the Willem Dafoe episode. Yeah. 
yeah. Well, well, now that that intro has been entirely about uh, a phallus, <laughs> which one of the th- one of these three movies is all entirely basically about a phallus. Pretty much, you know, only about phallus. So symbols. so right. I know I am. <laughs> you're so right. Gold star for me forehead. <laughs> Uh, welcome, welcome to the John Favreau is my daddy welcome, podcast. Welcome, Monica, Mr. Krabs, hello. <laughs> oh, he's come back to the pod. Oy. He first visited us on our Kate Winslet episode, and now he's come back for Willem Dafoe. I'm back for more meaties. <laughs> Give me it all. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you about Willem Dafoe, all right? Okay, before you tell me about Willem Dafoe. Jesus, what? Free Britney. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Right? Free Britney. There's been a lot happening this week. <laughs> There's too much going on. Uh-huh. The world needs to slow down, but it also needs to free Britney. I agree with you. Free Britney. Free Britney. Let her take out her fucking IUD. Yeah. It made me so mad. So angry. As two women on this yeah. podcast, this is angering this is infuriating and this is depressing. It's depressing Mm -hmm. to see who you would think has like an insane amount of power, like Britney Spears being Britney fucking, it's Britney bitch. It is Britney bitch. It is literally Britney bitch. I would think that she has so much fucking power. You would think, but she has less than us. But she has literally less than us, and it's not okay. No, it's not. There's it's a lot okay. that's going on that's not okay. I It, it sucks that, like, it, this all happened also the same week as fucking Bill Cosby being released. Like, yeah. that and killed me. Just the sheer fact that, like, for me anyway... Mm-hmm someone who does not know anything about the Olympics, but only follow, follows Shikari Richardson because oh, yes. she's like a fucking queen. Yes. The sheer fact, at, you know, and also women's gymnastics because I'm not fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the sheer fact that she like, her mother had just died mm-hmm. and like she had smoked a little bit of weed to like cope with it. And then they fucking banned her she from- should- for like 30 days. It shouldn't even matter why she was smoking weed. It's a legal fucking drug. Yes, you're absolutely right. It sh- literally shouldn't matter. The circumstances don't matter. I think that it lends to like the overall anger that I yeah. have though oh, about the sure. fact that like everyone is allowed to cope with loss the way that they cope with loss as long yeah. as it's not hurting anyone else. And like she was coping. Yeah. And you know, Weed has never. I'm sorry. Does weed make Snoop Dogg run faster? <laughs> How is he not the fastest human on the planet? I I don't know. I'm I confused. mean, he might be. We've never seen him run. It's true. <laughs> run, Snoopy, run. <laughs> I'm just so alarmed at how the world has been treating women as of, I mean, ever, but like specifically as of, as of late, as of late, it's yeah. just getting me all riled up, all riled up, all riled up. <laughs> free Britney, put Shakari back into everything. Do you think Willem uh, is for the free Britney movement? I think Willem Dafoe is 100% I for the free Britney movement. I think he's super, super fucking woke, but that's my assumption. Willem, what did you say? Willem DeWoke? <laughs> I called him Willem DeWoke earlier. I'm dead. <laughs> but that was in reference to his character in platoon but also i think it just applies to him in general (laughs) reverse shikari richardson's suspension 
now and free britney and, and free britney put bill cosby in a in a cellar thank you and good night <laughs> if you agree with none of, i mean yes there is the there is sort of the argument of like well she knew she shouldn't have done it so why did she do it she's a human fucking being i mean Shikari richardson i know i shouldn't do lots of things that i do she's a human being who makes mistakes and this is not gonna make her run ten thousand times faster if anything it might make no. her run a little a little bit slower <laughs> yeah that's Honestly. okay <laughs> so uh i'm just he might mellow out a little bit depending on <laughs> maybe yeah exactly anyway free britney <laughs> and shikari suspension bill cosby what the fuck are you doing out in the free world get out of here get out of here oh boy tell us about our boy willem dewoke <laughs> willem dewoke okay so william james defoe or willem defoe or what? willem defoe what <laughs> who knows william not willem yeah people just started calling him willem i guess is it because like william is too too, it's too long it's too long <laughs> it's too long we gotta shorten this so we'll go willem. with willem willem <laughs> okay so william james willem defoe is an american actor that's it oh <laughs> nothing else nothing else okay <laughs> willem grew up in wisconsin leaving a year and a half into college to move to new york and pursue acting full-time which I'm fine with because it wasn't his senior year. <laughs> oh my God, get out of here. Uh, he apprenticed in an avant-garde theater troupe that later became the Worcester Group, which Willem continued to work and perform with into the 2000s. Willem made his film debut in 1979 in a supporting role in Heaven's Gate, but most of his character was edited out and he didn't receive credit for the role. Womp womp. Oh, that's really depressing. <laughs> I know, right? He had a number of supporting and leading roles through the early 80s that gained him some recognition, but it wasn't until his supporting role in Oliver Stone's 1986 war classic platoon that Willem gained wide exposure and also his first Academy Award nomination. Yay! Since then, Daddy Defoe has been a Hollywood staple, appearing in countless films in both large and small roles, gaining a reputation for just wanting to be a part of projects he loves, regardless of the size. Yeah, and regardless so of sweet. his size as well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> his distinctive gravelly voice and, let's be honest, kind of villainous face. <laughs> his devilish face? <laughs> <laughs> they have made him the perfect antagonist in most of his films, but Willem has said himself he takes pleasure in getting to play the nice guy from time to time. <laughs> he continues to participate in theater and voiceover work, most notably playing that one scary fish in Finding <laughs> the Nemo. The one with the scar? His the, name is Gil, right? The, the flat fish. The yeah, fish that's yeah, like yeah. flat yeah. with the scar. That's with the, like, he's black and white stripes. Yeah, that's, yeah, like, yeah. that's like, let's get you out of here, kid, or whatever the fuck, where he's like, you're, hey, never, getting it. you're never getting out. You're never getting out. This is the way. This is it. Shark bait, ooh ha ha, whatever the fuck. Uh, and he has been nominated for four Oscars and also all of the other major awards, but has won zero, which is a travesty. He's also the literal daddy to one son who weirdly kind of looks like Michael Shannon. <laughs> Yay, Willem Yay! Dafoe. Producing mini Michael Shannons left and right. He really kind of does. You should look him up. <laughs> I, I know what his son looks like, and okay. he really does look, he like, does a, look like Michael a Shannon. small Michael Shannon. Maybe, maybe his ex-wife has some explaining to do. Maybe explain to us why your son looks like Michael Shannon. Mm. <laughs> Just kidding. She can do whatever she wants. Free she Britney. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we're talking about a woman doing anything. <laughs> I'm just going to remind you to free Britney. Free Britney. <laughs> Bitch. Okay, Monica, what is our first film? Let me tell you the first film with the preface of, I am not a, I'm not a lass who enjoys war films very much. Neither am I. 
so I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. We're still reviewing it though. Yes, yeah. he's great in it. So. I like a couple. Like I really like Saving Private Ryan. I don't think I could like it again. That first scene is a doozy. It is brother. a doozy. I really like 1917, but my boy. Oh, Sam. I loved that. Sam Mendes, my boy. Um, Dunkirk isn't bad either. Dunkirk isn't bad, but I spent a lot of that movie being kind of confused about what was going on until I oh, realized that it's like multiple points of view. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, I yeah. get it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of fucked me up that way. It wasn't bad. I will say probably one of my favorite war movies is definitely uh, 1917. Oh yeah, the movie's fucking great. So good, so, so good. good. Anywho, but this war movie, ladies and gentlemen, yes. cats and, and, and gentle fish. The most 80s, 80s war movie. The most 80s war movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And that is platoon and platoon. just letting you know that they stylize platoon as platoon but the two o's are dog tags yeah because it does have a pretty cool movie poster yeah it, it does it, it's pretty cool <laughs> okay platoon it came out in 1986 the year of our lord written and directed by oliver stone chris taylor played by a very young charlie sheen leaves his university studies to enlist in combat duty in vietnam in 1967 once he's on the ground in the middle of battle in the heat of the battle his idealism fades infighting in his unit between staff sergeant barnes played by tom berenger who believes nearby villagers are harboring Viet Cong soldiers and sergeant elias played by a boy willem de woke <laughs> who has a more sympathetic view of the locals ends up pitting these soldiers against each other as well as against the enemy honestly my initial thoughts of this film were just like War is a, a really insane concept. Yeah, war is a crazy concept. Like when I think too hard about it, I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, a, I think one thing I will say is we can never understand what it's like to be in a war because no. we've never been in a war. God, no. Right? So it's like I, I've never volunteered or been <laughs> disproportionately chosen to be a part of any war. Yeah. Uh, and nor would I want to. It looks harrowing and absolutely terrifying and ter- ter- just terrible. Yeah. Th- I mean, that's why when I was watching this movie, even though I don't care for war as like an idea or really as a movie i mean i recognize there are good war movies obviously but i just like they're not fun to watch for me they're not fun they're not but fun when you when you realize like how insane the idea of it is and you also know that you will probably never experience that yourself especially not to like this extent mm-hmm. it, it becomes more interesting yeah and i believe that this was the first vietnam movie about the vietnam war that was directed by a vietnam war veteran oh. um written and directed by a vietnam war veteran this okay. is based on oliver stone's like <laughs> journey yeah um on his tour in vietnam crazy. which is absolutely insane yeah and it's very cool to see like the camera work and like the direction be very like in everyone's fucking face mm-hmm. like it wasn't it didn't shy away from anything so yeah about the movie as a whole, I think it was a fucking triumph in like what it was trying to accomplish, which was yeah. like a real view of what the Vietnam War looked like that followed a very um a very compelling story that wasn't like a documentary. Yeah. I think this was like the closest thing that that human beings can can have to to what it was like during that time. Um I think it was a little little racist, but what what are you gonna well, do? Yeah, but I mean this isn't a reason for films to be racist, but I'm no. like the Vietnam War was pretty fucking racist. Exactly. <laughs> so like, so like, eh, right? Uh, is it an accurate description? Probably. Was I it don't know. a what is was it a good and fair portrayal? Was it a good, fair and anti-racist portrayal of the 
black soldiers in that war? No. No. Did I still enjoy the movie? Yes. yes. Um, and it was a product of its time, yeah. right? And it was an account of one white man. Yeah. Um, so kind of all that aside, I think the the key star in this movie is Willem Dafoe. Yeah. I mean, other than Charlie Sheen, it's, it's fucking, it's Willem. It's, Especially because like movie. what he represents mm-hmm. is what, is what you take away from the movie. Exactly. Because he serves as like Willem de Woke. <laughs> yeah. Once as again. He, he's like the moral compass of the movie, yeah. which is kind of confusing when you're so used to seeing him as the villain and everything. Exactly. And also because he has that fucking face of his. And yeah. like, it's not like he has a different face in the movie. It's no. the same fucking face. <laughs> Except he is younger and softer looking. You he's know, very so. young and soft and honestly, very handsome. Oh, he looked great. When they did that close up, the one I posted on Instagram <gasps> yes. of him with a cigarette in his Where mouth. Where he was like, feeling good's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone is getting like, high and drunk and he's like no i don't do that it's really fucking funny because i think they're playing like a um a jefferson airplane song in the background Mm -hmm. or something and they're all like they're all like chilling and like yeah like just smoking weed because you know that's that's really all they can do to like pass the time and like feel better yeah like you know charlie sheen's character makes a point to be like my neck doesn't hurt no more yeah when um you know when he's partaking when he Uh, smokes through a fucking machine gun when he smokes through a literal gun because willem (laughs) dafoe just stands there and goes like put this in your mouth i was watching and i was like is he about to kill him what's going on what's happening but no he just like used it as a giant metal bong i know wild wild (laughs) it was very bizarre but anyway sort of i think seeing Willem in this movie sort of made me realize how how like heart of gold he could possibly mm-hmm. be while still like having scar tissue around that heart of gold like yeah. he had a lot of layers to his performance that really surprised me um and was able to like be a gruffled and like disgruntled man who has seen too much and has lost far too much to still have like a small sense of morality and like optimism in the war and th- there's a scene where charlie sheen's character asks willem dafoe's character like hey you know do you still believe in this war like do you still believe mm-hmm. in what you're doing and willem dafoe literally is like no <laughs> like uh, in in 19 you know 69 65 yes now no yeah like i i actually really don't and i think you know and then that's right after like the juxtaposition of that right after Willem Dafoe is like looking up at the stars and being like, man, it's like really beautiful tonight Mm -hmm. in the middle of all of this fucking chaos. It's like really cool to watch him be like a very soft, um, soft character who is still incredibly like hardened by all of the issues and all of the war and like the rampage going around him. No, totally. I think, I think especially if you're someone who's like around mine and Monica's age, watching something like platoon for Willem Dafoe is really interesting because like I said, we're so used to seeing him as like the green goblin. Yeah. <laughs> we're so to be used quite to honest. seeing him in two weeks. Or you're just really used to seeing his penis in a Lars von Trier movie. Two uh, weeks. One of the two. <laughs> Oscar will be great. <laughs> so when you go back and you watch this, you're like, oh my God, what a, what a nice like breath of fresh air to see Willem be like super sweet and nice. Like he, he's a war doctor. Like he's, he's caring for all of these very, very close to death men. It's very sad. Yeah. It's very sad. And you like, I kind of feel like that's closer to his real life personality. I, I feel like Willem Dafoe's an incredibly kind person. Oh, I'm sure. Like that's just kind of the vibe that I get, yeah. but you're like, this was the fucking beginning of his career. 
And that's where he started. And now he's become the villain. So it, it was kind of like a weird flip in my head. <laughs> It was weird, Flip. I also love like the tenacity and like the courage that he shows showed as an actor to be portraying such an intense character, yeah. a character who defies all the other characters who are really just there as themselves, yeah. right? They're really just there to fight for what you know for whatever reason they're there for, mm-hmm. right? Maybe maybe they didn't want to be there. Maybe they're there and just making the best out of their situation. Maybe they're th- like. Yes, they have a lot of like weirdly conflicting views about the war and like what their place in the war is. Yeah. But I think where Willem Dafoe's character's place in the war is, is just serving as like the, like you said, like the moral compass mm-hmm. for the audience to sort of like, that is North, right? That's the yeah. movie is telling us like Willem Dafoe is North. Everyone agrees that Willem Dafoe is North eventually at the end of the movie north dies yeah north is no longer north north is shot by one of his own (laughs) north is not only shot by one of his own but north runs away in the most dramatic sequence i've ever seen in my life that fucking scene kills me after being mortally wounded yep north runs northwest runs (laughs) northwest (laughs) daughter of kanye west <laughs> and Kim Kardashian runs away from all of like the all of the Vietnam soldiers yeah. or Vietnamese soldiers and they're all shooting at him and he's still running he falls mm-hmm. he runs he falls he runs and there's like this really dynamic shot of Willem Dafoe like on his knees with his hands up to the sky like about to die like about to breathe his mm-hmm. last breath and it is glorious it it really is and he has so much anguish Mm -hmm. and like regret and and peace kind of on his face it's kind of insane to watch him go like cycle through all those emotions in one final moment yeah and then he hits the ground and you're like yeah it's fucking uh it's an iconic shot first of all because if you haven't seen platoon you've seen that image of platoon yeah (laughs) at the very least um but so like not only is he doing an incredible job as an actor in like a really (laughs) i think tough scene because it's not like he has any dialogue he's fucking like running he's running and getting shot at after having already been shot by one of his own precisely so like he's about to fucking die but like in that moment really shows us like the complex nature of war Mm -hmm. and that is i think what i took away from this is everything that willem represents like he he's the symbol of good and but he's also the symbol of like how complicated this fucking thing is exactly because like while he while we all know that his approach to this is like correct morally everyone else is going about it in a very like survival way and it's not that he's not but like they're doing it in a more like direct way where like if we injure these people or if we kill all these Vietnamese people then we can go home sooner we can get rid of the threat etc and he's trying to go about it in a way where it's like let's not kill them but let's also stay safe which is much harder in war you know I think the concept he represents like the concept of humanity yeah and like the the fragility of humanity the complicated nature of what it means to be human Mm -hmm. the complicated nature of what it means to be a human who is a subordinate right so someone who has to just follow orders yeah um 
And I think again, like once North died, yeah, all hell kind of broke loose from there. Yeah. And everyone kind of realized like, oh, like, I mean, it was real to them prior to that, mm-hmm. but like it was fucking real now because the best of them had died. Yeah. And, and so what does that mean for them if the best of them is now yeah, dead? And the person who initially shot him, who played by Tom Berenger, because yeah. there's a really heartbreaking scene where they see each other in the jungle and Willem smiles and at him and waves, which is so fucking sad. And then he just shoots him. Yes. And it's, it's, oh it's God. just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking <laughs> to see. And it's also like, it's a triumph on Willem Dafoe's part because I think as an actor, knowing that, knowing that that's going to happen to you and still mm-hmm. coming at it from a place of pure optimism of like, Oh, Hey, Hey buddy. Yeah. Like it's just very, it's just fucking heartbreaking. I'm sure he had to like take a moment after that scene and like go lie down or eat a snack. <laughs> he just had to, uh, do you want a, a power bar? <laughs> Some Gatorade? Um, do you have a Nature Valley bar? <laughs> is that is that your impression of Willem Dafoe? Hey. Why does he sound like Kermit? I don't know. <laughs> it is me, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... I mean, that's all really all I have to say about Platoon is just yeah. that like Willem really fucking brings it home in terms of being like this North Star in this movie of pure tragedy where when he dies, everyone's just like, well, if all of the good is dead and we're still fucking alive and we're the enemy, like, what does that say about us? And I, you leave the movie being like, mm, we don't know. We don't know. Because the war continues I think after uh, that. So. Yeah. I think the last thing that I'll say about Willem is like, in in the movie, his character sort of detaches from reality mm-hmm. using these drugs and like tries his best to be out, almost like outside of himself to like right. disassociate from like what's going on. And the the last sort of thing I'll say about Willem in that scenario is like it's really cool to see him like almost change a little bit every single time that happens and yeah. like honestly enjoys his life during those moments because in all other moments in the movie he is in constant combat yes both figuratively and literally like in constant combat with the rest of the people in the platoon yeah he is like you know in a lot of ways the moral bull in the china shop that's like going in and like wrecking everything for everyone everyone's like let's shoot all these villagers let's go home they killed one of our own they've got weapons like all this stuff and he's like, no, <laughs> like I am the moral bull in the China shop. I can step outside of myself and be objective about all of this. They are human beings. Let's mm-hmm. not do this. Yeah. Or rather, there's a series of laws that prevents us from doing this. Yeah. Let's not, let's not all face some jail time. Let's not break the fucking law. All right. Let's not break the <laughs> law. So it's just it's cool to watch Willem like play honestly all these different roles within Mm -hmm. just the one role and just again is the epitome of like the complicated nature of humans and and human and humans in war yeah especially i mean he was relatively young when he did this movie and was also like surrounded by a lot of other young very promising actors i mean not all of them became a-listers no but like Like johnny depp charlie sheen everyone else tom berenger fucking uh what was (laughs) it's matt dylan's brother who is a pretty good actor on his own but not as famous as matt but yeah so all of these like other really solid actors and willem is just like holding his own as this like shiny bright moral man and it's it's really lovely to watch it's beautiful (laughs) that was platoon platoon uh so now we're gonna jump much farther in the future (laughs) 
way, way farther. farther. Why didn't we do Spider-Man, you ask? Well, we just didn't. Because <laughs> uh, I think you just have to kind of look at Willem Dafoe to know why he was good at being the green, the green goblin, goblin. <laughs> so i don't really that movie was definitely my intro to him was it for you i don't yes and i don't really know what you want from us other than like willem dafoe is universally good in <laughs> i like how you say i don't know what you want from us as if anyone has come out and was like why aren't you doing spider-man <laughs> two weeks two weeks <laughs> like i know no one gives a fuck but like genuinely Y'all know Willem slaps. He fucks you know in it. Spider-Man. I was so afraid of him when I saw that movie. Because he's scary. He is very scary. I just remember the scene where he's in like the fucking chamber about to like get the green in mm-hmm. him. Get get the that <laughs> somewhere green? that's green in him. Oh, I think that's why I think he sounds like Kermit. <laughs> hey man, hit, hit me with the green stuff. I'll be the goblin. <laughs> And so, like, and I just remember him, like, seizing, basically, in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's one of the scariest images in my brain. See, I remember his death scene in that movie very vividly. Oh, my God. When he, he, like, gets, gets impaled into the wall. by his own green goblin yeah. glider. <laughs> I love her, like, we're not going to talk about Spider-Man. <laughs> and then we have, like, a bonus section about Spider-Man. Peter. <laughs> Peter. James Franco. <laughs> Uh, okay well our second movie is not spider-man no it is the florida project woo, woo. Woo. which came out in 2017 written by sean baker and chris burgotch burgotch who knows i don't know uh directed by sean baker Set over one summer, the film follows precocious six-year-old Mooney, played by Brooklyn Prince, as she courts mischief and adventure with her ragtag playmates and bonds with her rebellious but caring mother, played by Bria Vinate. I'm assuming that's how you say it. All while living near Disney World in a motel run by Bobby, played by Willem Dafoe, the only adult who seems to truly care for her. Okay. This is not a movie for everyone. No. The style of this movie is incredibly specific. I can't even, like quite describe what the style is because it's like i wouldn't even call it slice of life like it's not it's not even just like a peek behind the curtain and we're kind of just watching it all happen it's like more than that it's like more active than that but also less it's like i hesitate to say it's a film where nothing happens but it's like it's not a film where an event causes the events of the film to happen you're just kind of like dropped in watching this stuff occur yeah and it's not like you're not watching like one through story you're just watching like a bunch of shit that happens in this child's life over a summer yeah and i think a you know a big part of this film is kind of just looking at the events that are happening and then like dot 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 yeah like we're all just looking at these uh, at these events kind of unfold and they are either linked or unlinked to each other yeah you know what i mean so like for example there's a scene where the motel that willem dafoe Mm -hmm. manages bobby (laughs) that bobby manages is some visitors come from like brazil or something yeah and they they expect it to be at like disney world because the hotel is called the magic castle yeah (laughs) and so they think they're at the magic kingdom yeah but but they're not (laughs) they are so not um and you know that is inconsequential to anything else that is happening in the movie yeah but we spend a lot of time in this scene 
frankly, because that's just what's happening at the time for these characters. Mm -hmm. And if that's what's happening at the time for these characters, then we as the audience are just watching it. It's very like active in that way, but also very passive of like, this is just what's happening. And we're kind of just along for this ride and we're watching it all happen and unfold. And there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. That's why (laughs) when I was watching this, I don't know about you, Monica, but like I would say halfway through, I was just like, so what's going to happen? And like really nothing did happen. I mean, there is like a larger event than all the other smaller events that happens towards the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it's not like, it's not like a thing where you're like, oh, so this is going to be like a big deal in these lives. Like this is a problem we're going to solve, et cetera. It's just kind of like this happens and you're left with it. Yeah. Which is why I think even though the character that Willem Dafoe plays is very like simplistic and I mean, for lack of a better word, normal. Yeah. That's almost why it's more impressive because first of all, he's constantly playing like these insane characters. Wackadoo. Yeah. Just like there's something about them that is so fucking out there and really off and kind of scary. And he's just like, a super normal fucking guy with like, like he's, he's the good guy in the movie, but he's also not like the best person either. He's definitely flawed. And so you're just like watching him exist in this really weird world. And it's, it's like, it's fucking impressive because of how, I don't know, like captivating he is through all like the normalcy. Yeah, I think a lot of what I what I personally love about this movie is just like the mundaneness of a lot of it, Mm -hmm. right? Of like, some of my favorite scenes with Willem Dafoe are just when we're literally in his office with him yeah. and he's just staring at his computer. And like the fact that he types with only his pointer fingers. I know, what a choice. What a fucking choice. <laughs> of course, of fucking course, he would only type with because his pointer fingers. Because he's Bobby, the motel because owner. he's Bobby, the motel owner. Like, of course, thank you, Willem. Like, and the, you know, he's looking at, he's constantly looking at the security mm-hmm. footage. He's constantly typing in these like reports. Like, I love these like really intimate scenes yeah. with just him and his work because we really see like how mundane it is even for him. But because it's just life, like when you're writing emails, when you are filling out reports, when you're just doing your job, you don't really step outside of yourself to look at yourself doing it and no. think, wow, like this, this, <laughs> this is, is not fucking boring. This is boring as shit. Like this is not glamorous. <laughs> but we get to see that and yeah. that's kind of sick. Like I'm a fan and you know, with this movie, as y'all know, we read up on these things. Um, (laughs) And with this movie, there's not a whole lot going on. It was a lot of like guerrilla, you know, filmmaking techniques for like on the ground for like, as we go. Yeah. Um, Like for example, they didn't have enough money to like get rid of the helicopter sounds, which is why the helicopters was like a prominent thing in this movie. Cause they decided <laughs> to just like go with it. They were like, let's just go with it. Yeah. Like, and include it and make it a prominent thing. Cause helicopters like a whole big thing in this movie. Yeah. They like come across everywhere and we're constantly hearing them. Um, and then also like that beautiful rainbow mm-hmm. is actually real. Yeah. And they shot it because they were like, you know what? If we tried to put a rainbow in this at the end, like it would cost <laughs> us like 50 grand. So let's save some money. Like, <laughs> I just thought it was very fun and very in the moment. Yeah. The, like, and I think it showed through the film, throughout the film. Yes. If the filmmaking style was very like in the moment and present, then the film was going to come out very in the moment and present. 
And the fact that they use so many like no namers, mm-hmm. I really loved it. Cause I literally thought that I was just watching someone's life and it yeah. was glorious. Yeah. And that's also what made it like kind of sad because these people are kind of sad. Like even, even Willem's character, like I, I love the moments, those little scenes that were given throughout the whole movie. Cause like the movie isn't about him. If you're, if it's about anybody, it's about the child yeah. and like her mom, but you're still given these little scenes that kind of inform you or like hint at what's going on in his life. Yeah. You never get fucking answers though, which is both annoying, but also the beauty of a film like this, because you're like, eh. this is like the epitome of like art has no obligation to inform you. It just exists yeah and that's okay and sometimes that's better like I think it's better in this and I think particularly of that scene with um what's his name Caleb Landry Jones yeah who's in it for like a minute literally two seconds and I think he plays his like son he does he plays his delicious redheaded son <laughs> yes 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 and they're moving like a refrigerator or some shit oh uh, it's no, no no it's it's the ice maker oh it's the, it's ice, the ice it's maker. the ice maker yeah. and you're like I have no idea what's going on with this dynamic but they start fighting and you're just like why are they fighting? And you learn later it's about money, right? <laughs> yes. It's about the fact that his dad, the only way that Willem Dafoe's character, Bobby, knows how mm-hmm. to communicate and like spend time with his son yes. is through his work. Yep. Is through, hey, come down to the magic castle and help me like move <laughs> the this ice maker. Like help me do these things. Yeah. I'll give you money, right? Like you appreciate the money, right? Like mm-hmm. that's how we have this relationship. Yeah. And the son's like, bro, I don't need your money. I don't even want to be here. Like, <laughs> this is not why I come. Like, and I'm tired of the fact that like, the only way that we spend any time together is by working together. That's so transactional. Keep your fucking money. You need it more than me. Like yeah. just very honest. And like, I felt like I was like invading some privacy. Totally. And like in the grand scheme of, I guess, in quotes, the plot, that fil- <laughs> that scene is very insignificant, but it's so significant to that character. And like, you see Willem carry that weight through the whole movie. And then you also see like, he's so, he really like stands up for these kids in a lot of ways. Like, mm-hmm especially in that fucking scene with like the pedophile. Oh my horrifying. God. Horrifying. Horrifying. Which nothing actually happens by the no. way. Um, as far as like pedophile things go. It, it, yes. But uh, Bobby, Willem Dafoe's character essentially stops this like creepy ass dude from like preying on all the kids playing at the motel. Exactly. Cause he like basically com- comes up and is like, so like, are you a guest here? Like, what are you doing mm-hmm. here? And the guy's like, I just want a soda. <laughs> and he's like, cool. So I'll, physically take you to go get one and then escort you the fuck out of here it's an incredible scene it's incredible and he like fucking fights him he's like yeah to get his wallet to get his name to Mm -hmm. report him to the sheriff yeah and it's just like big ball moves Mm -hmm. you know singular big ball big dick energy over here bde (laughs) bde all the way from willem defoe Um, but yeah so like you you see how that kind of dynamic with his son informs him morally i guess throughout his whole his, all of his interactions with yeah. the kids yeah um a big this movie was sort of just based on the sheer fact that the um director the writer director like 
we- went to Florida and like there was mm-hmm. all of these fucking kids like playing around motels and shit. And I then he can't even imagine. And so he thought like to himself like, let me make a fucking move about these goddamn kids. And so he did. And uh, what's really great is a lot of the kids in the movie are actual kids who live in motels <laughs> because they shot at real motels. Yeah. And it was just so brilliant to see. I mean, and it's kind of funny because the director and like the crew and the production like gave these kids like scholarships to college for like being in the like participating in the film Mm -hmm. but i was like why does this feel why do these kids why are these kids literally so amazing it's because it's literally their life literally their life and like they haven't uh, this is the beauty of like child actors in a lot or like the new ones the ones who haven't been in anything before is they haven't been like hardened yet they don't know that they're supposed to have a filter that affects anything about the way that they act yeah exactly so (laughs) it was just cool because like that movie got them opportunities Mm -hmm. to be able to like go to college or do what kind of whatever they wanted um and it's just fun to see like to see like a film of this caliber include like ordinary people in order to make it more authentic that way yeah um and it's just funny because like the florida project was the original like in progress name of disney world oh i didn't know that part which i thought was so fucking funny because it's like of course this movie is named after like an early stage of disney world but did it make it to the end (laughs) so are we saying that those motels are the early stages of disney world i have no idea (laughs) they have potential monica they have potential because bobby works so hard bobby works so hard i love that willem dafoe like lights up every time he does something for like the motel people yes like the, the, his tenants and he like walks out and he's like all right everyone like i did it i fixed the electricity <laughs> and everyone's like we love you bobby and he's like oh i love you too like his his life is so fucking mundane <sighs> but he uh, i don't know he finds a way to like boost it in little moments like that like like feeling useful or like i really think that through the movie if you want to say that any transformation is taking or is happening i think it's the like his job initially does not involve taking care of children which is why he gets so fucking annoyed with them all the time but then ultimately it like that does become a part of his job and his job is it. to protect these kids yeah and he likes it and he values it and you like see that start happening and it's really really beautiful to watch because now his life is no longer just about managing a really fucking sad motel <laughs> it's very sad it's like it's like <laughs> it's like pastelly purple and yellow and it's and it's <laughs> but he painted it that color which is the best part i know and he continues to like maintain it yes. throughout. and he like the scene where he he's painting where like he the drops tips the of the castle and he drops the like pastel uh, yellow paint and it goes so all over a tenant he's like oh my god i'm so sorry he's like i'm so sorry and he seems genuinely hurt I know. he seems so hurt when the tenant's like fuck dude like what the fuck he's like oh man i'm so sorry because, you know, he wants to believe as his character that his actions have meaning, yeah. that his toils have meaning. Mm-hmm. So when something doesn't go right, he takes it extra personally, exactly. as most human beings would. Um, and I, the last thing I'll say is, like, I think back to the scene where he is paying the extra $10 for the 
um, for Haley, who's like one of the main characters, she's she plays the mom of this brilliant little girl who plays mm-hmm. um, Mooney, Mooney, who is just such an incredible character and is so she's just she's going to be an incredible. Actress. I really hate her for is. the first few minutes of that movie. I though. know, but but <laughs> it's in a great way. In a great way. There's just nothing that bothers me more than poorly raised children. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> Jessica. Or poorly supervised children. <laughs> um, and so my whole thing is like in there's this scene where he's he's getting Bobby is getting Haley, like spotting Haley for yeah. um, a partial room um, at like a neighboring motel where he previously had a deal with the previous owners of the motel. Like whenever one of my tenants can't afford to pay the the rent here, they go over to you for the day. And then once they make up the money, they can come back to their old room. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he doesn't have to do it, but he like spots Haley because Mooney's there mm-hmm. and it's all about Mooney. Right. And I think a lot of it is he feels like he has to take care of everyone around him yeah. because it's the only way that he can feel useful or he can feel like he's making a significant, a significant contribution to the world. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to watch Willem Dafoe play this like big old softy with yeah. kind of a, kind of a heart of gold in the middle of like Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like this is not a movie you would expect to see Willem Dafoe in. I remember when he was nominated for it, I was like, what the fuck is the Florida project? <laughs> but this is one of those movies where like it was relatively small. I mean, A24 produced it ultimately, but like it was a pretty small movie and Will- Willem Dafoe is just like, yeah, I like the material. So like this was cool. I would be in the movie. Yeah. And he, and he literally <laughs> went a week early to live there for a week yeah. among like the residents of the motel. It was he commits he's so dedicated to every project like no matter how small or big it is even the florida project even the florida project uh uh, incredible there is the final scene with him and um the storks or whatever the fuck oh my god it's so fucking funny where (laughs) where he's talking to her he's talking to them and he's like no harm no foul He's like, like, uh, he's like, because <laughs> they're birds, the Floridian storks or whatever they are. It's just so fucking funny because he's literally like, all right, guys, like you really going to block my driveway? Like, come yeah. on, <laughs> move it along. You guys can't be here. You guys can't loiter here. He's like making it very, he just finds like these pockets of joy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just a really fun actor to watch exist. Amen. You know, and we'll and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay, Monica, what is the final big boy? The final big boy is he does not exist. Rather, he falls into a series of insane. Does he or doesn't he? Who we knows? never know. We never know. Yet, I think another A twenty four film. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say. I think these are all. And then I was like, Platoon is not. No, Platoon is not an A twenty four film. Uh, <laughs> The Lighthouse. Oh, reason. Or The Lighthouse. (laughs) Or The Lighthouse. (laughs) It came out in 2019, written by Robert and Max Eggers, directed by Robert Eggers. I don't like that last name. (laughs) I don't like it either. He did direct one of my favorite movies of all time The Vitch. The Vitch. The Vitch. Or The Witch. Honey Taylor Joy. It's such an incredible movie. Go watch it. Um,. Two lighthouse keepers, played by Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, are boys. I love them. <laughs> try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the late ni- 1890s. Yep. 
Wow, that's it. (laughs) So I don't have a lot to say about this movie other than that. No, that's literally it. Like they try to maintain their sanity living in a giant phallic symbol. Yeah. And then the whole time you eventually get to a point where you're like, is any of this real? Is this one of their fantasies? Is which one of them is crazy? That's that's the thing that gets me about this movie. Um, Because if you go into this movie expecting it to make any fucking sense, you're insane. You're insane. (laughs) Okay, I refuse to believe anyone knows what's going on in this movie. I don't even think the writers know. I think they were just like, this sounds fun. Yeah. If you come at me telling me that you know what the fuck's going on in this movie and you know exactly everything, I'm going to I'm just going to call you a liar. Yeah. Like I'll listen to theories because I think the theories are really interesting about like what it could possibly be. What all the symbols are, what the mer people mean. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) The mermaid vagina. The mermaid vagina. (laughs) The penis lighthouse. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, this is a sexual episode. It's very farty. Oh yeah. Willem Dafoe farts a lot. Willem Dafoe only farts. Willem Dafart. Willem (laughs) Dafart. He has the perfect last name for this shit. Incredible. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean like this, this is the movie of the three where Willem Dafoe is like the craziest. Exactly. But like, that's the fun part because as you go on, you're like, oh, okay. So Willem Dafoe's crazy and Robert Pattinson is being driven insane by him. And then yes. you're like, or oh, is Robert Pattinson the insane one? And Willem Dafoe is actually like the fine one. Yeah. And we're just watching it unfold kind of in reverse. And they're kind of both crazy. Yeah, in ways. But then you start going like, maybe the first half of this, like, didn't happen the way that we thought it did. And Willem Dafoe is the one telling the truth about like, no, we've been here for like this long, Mm -hmm. you crazy man. Yeah. Uh, It really fucks up your mind. Have we been here for three days, three weeks? How long have we been on this rock? (laughs) (laughs) It's just really funny because like, I would would say the light is also the main character. Oh yeah. (laughs) Not the lighthouse, the light in the lighthouse. I've made jokes half jokes to you before about next Halloween going as Willem Dafoe and the light and the light yeah like it's just me light (laughs) that first scene with Willem naked in the light of the light yes where it's just passing across his face and he's like fucking blissed out like like truly just blissed out because he's like mesmerized mesmerized by me love the light (laughs) me light me light (laughs) but that that scene where you see it for the first time is fucking haunting because first of all this is in black and white and it's also shot in in an essentially square aspect ratio it's also stylized really insanely it's very like literally like 1890s everyone's this everyone's singing sea shanties yeah it's i'm pretty sure it was shot in black and white and lit for like black and white shit like it's just it's very it doesn't feel real yeah but it also feels very of the time but it doesn't feel real it feels like someone's version fever dream (laughs) yeah it feels like a bad stage production of like an old sea story because it's also all done in close-up for the most part insane. because the the director was just like yeah widescreen didn't exist then i was like there's a lot of things that didn't exist then nothing existed then (laughs) but it's like all close-up and all shot from like 
under for the most part. And that's what makes it creepier because with the black and white and the shadows and the candlelight, it makes everyone's faces look insane. Which is why Willem Dafoe was perfect for this movie. Uh, Who would have thought that Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson would be like a dream team? Like BFFs? I don't know. Like (laughs) Edward Cullen and the Green Goblin? (laughs) BFFs? I mean, who would have thought, I actually have this in my notes, but like genuinely, who thought that Robert Pattinson was going to end up being a brilliant actor like they like, truly like not just the guy who broke fka twigs's heart yes. but like a great actor an, an incredible actor who i've heard is like kind of nuts to work with yeah not in, like a bad way imagine. he's just kind of crazy he's just a little bit off yeah i guess he doesn't like rehearsing and people are like yeah robert's take is his, his first take is his best take oh my god <laughs> Because Robert Eggers tried to like get them to rehearse for weeks and Willem Dafoe was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm from the theater. I love doing this shit. And Robert Pattinson like, was like, no, well, I must like, be roll. Willem Dafoe, <laughs> the name of the game for Willem Dafoe and any other theater actor is like repetition, right? Yes. Getting it, what's called like getting it in the body, mm-hmm. like getting it in the mouth, getting it in the brain, like getting, getting it, your body. getting it in your body, getting it in your body, free Britney. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> if repetition is so key for Willem Dafoe right. and repetition is the opposite of key for Robert Pattinson, I don't know how they got through this movie. Uh, I guess they like uh, the trivia on IMDb said that they didn't speak at all after filming. So like they didn't actually like, like discuss anything or become buddies until the movie had wrapped. Like they were so exhausted all the time and they also like had their own methods. So they really didn't like talk. Because <laughs> why would they? But yeah, but I mean, I guess that's that's kind of the the point because they both like go insane in their own right. And it, it's like two different stories are happening at the same time. Like two experiences of all the insanity on this rock are happening on this rock. It's just so funny because, okay, so to your point of them barely speaking a word to each right. other, because I mean, I, I can only imagine being on that fucking rock in those sure. miserable ass conditions, the weather, the cold, it's sad, it's wet. Willem lived in a shack for a week by himself. Willem literally lived in a fisherman's cottage for a week <laughs> by himself. Robert lived in a normal fucking hotel. Yep. Make that make sense. <laughs> um, I can only imagine like, for this whole thing, for both of them to not end up insane, I don't know. Yeah. Like the actual actors, I don't know. <laughs> Do you ever watch a movie like this and then you stop for a second and you think about like what it would actually look like if you were in the room while they were filming and how insanely dumb <laughs> I just don't know. (laughs) Like the scene of Willem chasing Robert with an axe and it's supposed to be super dramatic. And you're like, if we were here in real life, it's like a normal fucking like British Isle. It's like green. And this man is just like, (laughs) Um, I just want to read you a quote directly from director Robert Eggers. Tell me what did Bobby Eggers say? Breakfast last name I've ever heard. (laughs) Director Robert Eggers states, Sometimes he'd beat himself in the face so bad. Oh, yeah. Re Robert Pattinson because he had an unusual approach uh-huh. to psych himself, up, psych himself up before like emotionally extreme scenes. Or when it was raining through the cottage roof, Rob was drinking the rainwater in between takes. <laughs> he also spun around in circles a lot. That was helpful for him. <laughs> or he'd stick his fingers down his throat to make himself gag. Stuff like that particularly the scene where both characters are drunk and Defoe lies on Pattinson's chest. He was quote unquote 
sticking his fingers down his throat before the take. <laughs> and Willem gave me the look as if to say, if Rob fucking pukes on me. <laughs> I can only imagine. Well, it's so funny because that's kind of like the dynamic of the characters in the movie is like Willem Dafoe is like this cliche and Robert Pattinson literally calls him a cliche at one point. He's like, you're a fucking stereotype. Like, what are you doing? Which is so funny. <laughs> but he's like an army heart. He's kind of like a lighthouse guy. <laughs> like he's traditional and Robert Pattinson. Uh, th- and by the way, they're both named Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Pattinson comes in and Willem's just like, why, why do you want to be a lighthouse keeper? Like you're young. He literally tells him like, he's hot. Essentially. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are <laughs> you young, doing here? You're hot. <laughs> and Robert Pattinson's is just like, nah, I don't know. And you find out later it's because he murdered someone kind of, yeah. um, but that kind of mirrors what's happening in, in real life because Willem is like this very traditional, traditionally trained at least actor. And his quote unquote method is like, pretty chill it's just kind of like living in the environment for a period of time whereas robert pattinson's like yeah i'm gonna fucking kill myself i'm gonna fucking beat myself <laughs> up and, and gag that's, that's how i get the performance <laughs> yo ho to be fair his performance is incredible Stunning. i mean i we have we have to give major credit to willem dafoe for learning how to knit for this role <laughs> <laughs> me hearties yo ho me hearties oh my god there's just like there there are moments in this movie where you're looking at him and you're just like how do you fucking exist like an, as an actor how do you get like, it anytime he gives one of those like ocean monologues oh my god ocean monologues i mean a monologue where he talks about like poseidon basically shit. like a sea shanty but a monologue but delivered as like a shakespearean monologue as like a fucking soliloquy or something basically yeah and you're watching him and you're like i'm terrified of you but i can't look away but i'm also so scared (laughs) my whole thing is like how do they go to starbucks and face their logo (laughs) how do they do that without feeling bothered especially because at the one scene where robert's like hallucinating and i mean he might have been hallucinating the whole thing but anyway this is like an explicit hallucination and you see willem dafoe dressed as like fucking (laughs) Poseidon <laughs> with like <laughs> seashells on his face and shit. And thinking Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy unite. Literally. Oh my God. <laughs> who is who though? Who is who? <laughs> this movie is cray cray. Willem Dafoe gives honestly one of the best performances of his fucking life in this goddamn movie. And I can't even recount a word of it. I, I don't even know what the fuck's going it's on. It's really hard for us to like articulate why. Because I, I think purely participating in this movie period makes it impressive 100 (laughs) and the fact that they were good while doing it however i can also see someone watching this movie and thinking it's fucking stupid because of how insane it is like it it really is one of those movies where you're like is this art or are you like being really really gratuitous (laughs) i don't know and my whole thing is like you put two dudes in a giant penis like only bad things can come from that. Like, Isn't that what the director said about the movie? He said like, 
he said like put two pe- put two people in like yeah, a phallic, a phallic symbol or something like it can't be good or whatever yeah, because is, he's right he's right dude you listen y'all have seen all of the movies that take that have that one scene mm-hmm. in the boys' locker room. Nothing good ever comes out of that. Nothing. Only bad things. <laughs> if you put all these guys with all this heat, with all this testosterone, <laughs> what's going to come of it? Nothing good. Exactly. So you put them in a giant lighthouse, me hearties. <laughs> Only bad things. That's the takeaway. And also, it's bad luck to kill a seabird. It's bad luck to kill a seabird. <laughs> that fucking scene where he beats the shit out of that seagull is horrible. I mean, and then the, the seagull at the end uh, he, eats yeah. his eye. Yep. Me hearties. Me hearties. Yo, <laughs> yo, ho, yo, ho, a pirate's life for me. Me hearties, yo, ho. I want to see uh, the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie starring Willem Dafoe. Oh, 100%. why hasn't he been in one? I don't know. <laughs> Disney? I just I what I would want to see more is yeah. a ride at Disneyland based on the lighthouse. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Sounds ride. scary. <laughs> so scary. There'll be a lot of like sensory things going on because there even though it's a black and white movie, there's a lot of sensory shit going on That's in the movie. True. Like like the goo dripping down the from goo, the lighthouse. The goo, the sounds, there's so much like that audio foghorn. Foghorn drove me insane. It is it sound like I don't know. It's not <laughs> It does not convey how horrifying the sound of this foghorn is to say that it sounds like a nightmare, but like that's what it sounds like. It sounds like an actual nightmare. It sounds like if a if a large duck was dying. It sounds like death, honestly, which it is sounds honestly, like, like probably the point. Yeah. But uh apparently it's a real foghorn somewhere in Wales. I don't fucking know. Sucks to live there. Sucks to live there. <laughs> Sucks to suck. Sorry, Wales. Didn't mean to say that, but you know. Wales to foe. Wales to foe. Um yeah, that's what I that's what I have about Dude, the lighthouse. That's the fucking lighthouse. To be quite frank, there's so many goddamn videos on YouTube about like all the theories yeah. of what happens in the lighthouse and why hap- why happens in the lighthouse. Yes, it's impressive because it's, it's horrifying and insane. So if y'all want to get like a real theory on what the fuck's going on in the lighthouse, I would recommend going on YouTube and, su- and searching why the lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or alternatively, what the lighthouse. <laughs> What is the lighthouse? <laughs> and why is the lighthouse? You'll never know. <laughs> uh, oh, well, that was Willem. That was the lighthouse. That was Willem. And good night. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Just kidding. Monica, what did you dabble in? Well, I have many things to choose from for this episode. But the first- We can the- do our, our mutual dabble first. Oh, yeah. You want to start with a mutual dabble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, last week was my birthday. Happy birthday to you. Uh, happy birthday to you. I don't know what the rest is. Happy birthday. That, okay, that's yeah, it. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it was my birthday last week. And so I, I went on a little trip with some friends, but Monica couldn't come. Yeah. It was and really depressing. Um, <laughs> so when I came back, uh, her and, uh, Aaron, we all went out to Felix Trattoria yes. in Venice, which if you don't know, is a rather fancy Italian food it establishment. Is Evan Funk's restaurant. Yes, yes, yes. Evan Funk, protege of Wolfgang Puck, used to be the chef at Spago. 
Um, yeah, he's like the pasta god, essentially. And, uh, or rather, the pasta godson, I think is what he called himself. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but yeah, like, it was fucking amazing. It was, it was so, it was probably like one of the best meals of my life. It was honest, it, I think it was close to being. To, to probably the being the best. best the best meal. that I can remember. Yeah, that I can honestly comfortably yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah. It was Un- unbelievable. We ordered the Branzino. We got a whole ass fish on the table. <laughs> I know there was guys. a whole ass fish on the table. <laughs> it had olives. It had basil. Uh, it had tomato. Oh my God, the eggplant. The goddamn eggplant that was salad. The burrata salad. The focaccia. The focaccia. The focaccia that was literally like a dripping a salty olive oil cloud dripping in oh olive oil my god in high quality delicious oh my god the fucking pasty the so goddamn good. dumpling balls of pasta mm-hmm. the goddamn pesto the tiramisu the tiramisu cocktails the goddamn cocktail it was just an incredible and our experience. waiter our waiter was great our waiter was fabulous <laughs> i don't remember i think your name was evan no, his, that was the name of the chef, but we kept calling him. Oh, we kept calling him. Oh my God. And as we left, I looked over to the hostess and I said, give Felix our best. Uh, and she left. And she left. Because Felix isn't a person. Felix isn't real. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that was our mutual dabble. Great food experience. Yeah. And then my own dabble is I have been going to the chiropractor. Ooh, get and, that spine aligned. Yeah. And it's honestly the best chiropractor I've ever been to in my whole life. They took mm. x-rays. They realized that my spine was like fucked up oh i need that i need that number like fucked up my like, shoulders are like, fucked right now like so. my like i will literally show you the x-rays when Please we're done do. with this is it just like a like a noodle oh dude i will fucking show you You'll, does it look like the shape of the pasta you ate at felix <laughs> no it, piggy tails no <laughs> <laughs> they did look like little piggy tails. you just have a corkscrew spine well now <laughs> It's mostly my neck that's like the problem. Oh, fuck. But uh so I've been going to the chiropractor and it's been it's been a trip. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm like I get put in this machine where they like take my head and like shake it. No. Oh. <laughs> where they like take my head and like and like decompress it from my neck basically and like like realign my neck so i've been in like constant pain but it's fine eventually i will not be in pain does it feel good in the moment or does it fucking hurt in the moment it feels incredible it's afterwards when your body's when the muscles around your neck are like what did you do to me it's like when you get a really deep tissue massage yeah and you hurt like hell afterwards i mean to be fair that hurts while it's happening too oh no not for me (laughs) give me all of it give me the pain when i get massaged i'm just like just light just a light one because i literally like cringe up and they can't massage me because it hurts so bad that's so funny like for me it's like the deeper the better Uh, that doesn't surprise me i used to get like (laughs) i used to get like sports massages when i ran like cross country and they like digging sometimes they have like tools that are like metal tools and they just like go like chop 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 (laughs) they chop chop your leg off and they just chop my leg off oh how nice and then i (laughs) this is a terrible (laughs) joke to make but then i i turn into that guy from platoon who lost his arms (laughs) terrible joke in poor taste and i'm so sorry (laughs) oh wow yeah Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, so, what have you double tuned in? Uh, oh, okay. So I was t- going to tell you about my big purchase that oh, I made yesterday. Yes. She kept hinting at this big purchase. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is this big purchase? So, um, as you know, I got my very first criterion at Christmas time. Oh yes. Go on. And it started, um, not an obsession. I would say I just have a real desire to get all of the ones that I want now. Ridiculous. 
Um, and I kept like hemming and hawing over buying uh, the Before Trilogy box set. Why? On Criterion because it's $100. Yeah. And I was like, nah. And it's $100, but the special features. Oh my God, it's my favorite movie. Blah. And I was going to get it for myself for my birthday. And then I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'll think about it. And literally yesterday I wake up and I get an email and it's from Barnes and Noble. And I think it's like once annually, they do a 50% off all Criterion sale from through oh. Barnes and Noble. And like they never announce it ahead of time. And so I opened my email and it says this and I was like, fuck yeah. So I go on. And so I got that box set for 50 bucks in addition to like five other movies. <laughs> okay. Okay. Give us a rundown of all of the criterions you purchased. Okay. Wait, I have to pull it up on my phone. You'll have to tell us. In alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. I got Blowout. Fuck yeah. Oh, incredible. The Breakfast Club. Of course you did. The Before Trilogy. Of course you did. Night of the Hunter. Yes. In the Mood for Love. Okay. La Haine. Uh oh. <laughs> you know the movie, The Hate, the French one with uh, v- Vincent, whatever the fuck his name is? Oh, it seems like you know it really well too. <laughs> um, I just forget his last name. <laughs> and I got Grey Gardens. Okay. So great, great movies all around. I'm Fabulous. very excited to uh, receive them. They shipped out like three hours after I placed the order. Does Richard Linklater get the money? I don't know. I'm sure he gets something. <laughs> <laughs> He you, must, right? He made him very happy. Yeah, you know, I I I do love him most of the time. Mm. I've never seen Boyhood. I don't want to see Boyhood. I don't really like I'm I'm sure it's great. I, don't <laughs> I just don't like care. Um but I obviously love the Before Trilogy. We love School of Rock. Oh, we <laughs> love School of, School of Rock. Biggest fans. Biggest so. fans. If they if it comes back to the movie theater, yeah. we're watching it. In I the movie love theater. Dazed and Confused. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Linklater is my my boy. Linklater. Yeah. So that was my dabble is uh, spending an obscene amount of money on DVDs. Well, Blu-rays actually. Oh. <laughs> All right, hit us with the question of the week, girl. Okay, I actually made up this question. Ooh. <laughs> because uh, last night I was under the influence, and. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I had taken an edible to finish watching The Lighthouse. Of course Great you did. decision. And um, I was sitting there and I was, I this question popped in my head and then I texted Monica and I was like, I have the perfect question for the podcast tomorrow. And I didn't respond because respond. I was asleep. It's fine. Um, so it says, I know, I know that Chef is like our movie. Yeah, it's our movie. But aside from Chef, what do you think is like our movie? Because there's there's a lot okay. of movies that I feel like we've really like like bonded over how good we thought it okay. was. I have one. Okay, one of many, honestly. What is it? Mama Mia. Obviously, yes. Obviously, yes, yes, yes. so obviously. I'm trying to think of other ones. I think Down with Love is one. Down with Love for sure. Blast from the past. I was about to say Blast from the past. Yeah, any of the ones where like we watched it and we were like, what? Yes. Uh. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There are honestly a lot. There's a lot now. There's a lot to this now. Podcast. Thanks to this pod. Um, I would have to like think and go back in like our filmography <laughs> and look at the ones that we've done. Yeah. I would have to think about it. Okay. But definitely those two, I would say. Those are the ones that came up for me when I was thinking yeah, about those this. Yeah, those are, I think the biggest, uh, I think Mamma Mia Blast from the Past, um, Down With Love. I mean, there are definitely movies I now associate with you. Oh yeah, go ahead. Hit me with them. Like, 
I now associate blowout with you. Of course you pretty do. heavily because yeah. like I, I was shown that movie by someone and then this is the first time I've shown it to someone after me really loving it. And then you really liked it too. And that always makes me feel really good and like bonded to somebody. It's great so. because it's, because it's a great movie. Aaron, did you ever end up watching it? No, you didn't. Okay. Well, I'll let you borrow my criterion. You should let him borrow your criterion. <laughs> you can look at the special features. <laughs> I'm going to go on Spotify, which oh, by the okay. way, we're going to look at our, our small plug, small plug for all of you. Um, our podcast is available anywhere you can get your podcast. I prefer that you listen to it on either Apple music or Apple Podcasts, sorry, and Spotify. And if you happen to listen to it on Apple podcasts, go ahead and uh, leave a little rate and review. Give us five stars. Subscribe. Subscribe. Okay. So definitely the basketball diaries because of, the, okay. because of the fact that we watched it. We each watched it. Right. I had your DVD, which I right. still have. <laughs> um, and and then, you know, we had all those brilliant, like, behind the scenes takes from- This is true from Madison. Madison. Oh, I associate swingers with you. I 100% associate And Big Night. Yes. Big Night also. Definitely Judas and the Black Messiah. <laughs> we can never forget. We are bonded eternally because of the pursuit for that fucking DVD. And now it's on HBO again. Yeah. I, for, I definitely associate Wild because of the mm. surprise crack moment. Where she was like Reese Witherspoon literally does surprise crack. You're just like, oh, crack. Okay, cool. Oh, definitely Seven. <laughs> <laughs> seven i also associate hustlers with you even though you're not the person i saw it with we talked about it so much and it's honestly one of my favorite movies of all time really because of my delicious jennifer lopez constance she, I mean, Wu, not so amazing. much but I don't like her definitely jennifer lopez Let's see, is there anything the else? holiday okay yes the holiday for sure Oh my God, a fish called Wanda. <laughs> Absolutely a fish called Wanda. Yes, I was eating that uh, that chicken orzo recipe that you gave me when I watched that movie. I know. Which makes you think, of, which made me think of you even more. Oh. I know, right? It'll be terrible if we ever have a friend breakup because movies will be ruined for me. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks. I don't think you can have a friend breakup with someone that you've... I thought you were going to say, I don't think you can have a friend breakup. And I was like, <laughs> no, oh, you differ. can. Was, again, I'm just saying, I don't think you can have a friend breakup with someone that you've known, like, since, I guess, what, kindergarten, preschool? I mean, first I've known grade. since sixth grade, but yeah. we weren't friends until, like, sophomore year of high school. Exactly. That's when we were 15. Ooh, a, a few good but. men. Because <laughs> it was so goddamn yes. hard to get, the, to get the movie for that. Yes, yes, definitely. I now associate anything about Vince Vaughn and Natalie Portman with you. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so like anything Vince Vaughn, anything Natalie Portman, um, definitely, definitely anything Brendan Fraser, I associate. Also The Departed. Also <laughs> The Departed. Oh, and finally, to sort of like top it all off. Yeah. Um uncut gems yeah yeah that i think it's time for a rewatch of that movie i agree also like i said that and i immediately went like oh i want to watch i want to watch it again (laughs) honestly my brain did that every like i saw a few titles like down our 
you know, yeah. our podcasts. And I was like, ooh, I need to rewatch like chosen 90% some good ones. of these. We've chosen some really It also, movies. going through that just now, made me look at it, look at it and like remember the movies we almost did and yeah. go like, oh, I still need to watch that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Blast from the Past. You know what I mean? Uh, if, you guys, if you still haven't seen Blast from the Past. You gotta watch <laughs> I that I know movie. this was a Willem Dafoe episode, but like we'll always go bra- back to Brenton Fraser. Uh, you gotta see Blast from the Past. 100%. I can't wait until... <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic is like far behind us so i can yeah, throw yeah. a blast from the past themed party oh my i i need that party maybe it can be like a co-party of like half is blast from the past half is down with love both are things. you gonna like like decorate your whole house as if it's the bunker yes <laughs> absolutely 100 percent. 100 percent. maybe maybe brendan fraser will come oh maybe he seems nice enough to do something like that <sighs> brendan if you're watching this we love you. We love you. Sorry if you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah. We love you. You're not watching this because you can't watch a podcast. You're silly. You're silly. <laughs> silly, Brandon. And on that note, <laughs> don't, don't sue us, Daddy Favreau. Love you, Monica. I love you too, Jessica. Enjoy your Criterion collection. Oh, thank you. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>